0: Uh, well, y'all, today I'm gonna be closing up this series that we've been in for the last four weeks. And the series is called, y'all help me out, I forgot. Ah, Okay, Ghost Stories, the series is called Ghost Stories. Now I'm curious, because I wanna know, how many of you would say, Pastor Josh, this series, either the last week or maybe a couple of weeks before, this series has been stretching me and my mind and my faith? Ah, fantastic, fantastic. Lord, continue to stretch us. Somebody say, I received that. So if you haven't been with us, let me catch you up to where we're at. We are three weeks into this series and we have been looking at everything involving the Holy Spirit, who he is, what his role is in my life, in the Trinity, in our lives, what the advantages are to having the Holy Ghost or the Holy Spirit in my life. And so the whole reason that we've titled this series Ghost Stories is because I haven't been just preaching messages to you guys. We have been showing you stories about what the Holy Ghost has done in the lives of your church family and so the very first week if you remember I preached a message called um uh first week advocate and helper I preached a message called his role as our advocate and helper and we talked about how the role of the Holy Spirit is to help us we're dumb y'all we need guidance. We need help. And part of the Holy Spirit's role in our life is to help us in those times that we need help. But we didn't just talk about it. We had stories of our church people sharing with you how the Holy Spirit has come in and helped them in their life. The next week, Pastor Jordan preached a message on the Holy Spirit's role as our comforter and our counselor. And we heard stories of how the Holy Spirit has used people or came in. I don't know about you, but sometimes it's in the middle of worship where I'm just worshiping and I'm in this place that's down and low, and the Holy Spirit. Just boom, he just hits me and he's comforting me and he gives me peace. Anybody ever been there? Amen. Amen. Y'all should have been louder than that. Anybody ever been there? Amen. Amen. That is his role, y'all. His role is to help us. His role is to comfort us. His role is to wrap his arms around us and love us and show us the, the, the way. Then number three, week number three, last week, I preached a message called The Power of the Holy Ghost. We talked about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I think a lot of times people are confused, especially if you come from a different background or maybe you've, a, you, maybe you've been in a background where they were like anti-Holy Spirit, like the Holy Spirit's of the devil, all the craziness of the devil. Maybe you've been in a background where there was a whole lot of fake stuff. Like everyone was doing crazy stuff that made you really uncomfortable. Maybe, maybe you just don't have a church background. I don't know. I don't know where you are. But I know last week, my my whole point for last week was clarifying the the power of the Holy Spirit, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, because a lot of that stuff can get us really, really confused. And so I don't want you to be confused. I want you to understand when I get saved, the Bible says that I have the seal of the Holy Spirit covering me. That's not the baptism of the Holy Spirit. That is the seal of the Holy Spirit. In other words, Satan no longer has rights to this boy. Somebody say, thank you, Jesus. So when I get saved, I have the Holy Spirit that seals me and he begins to lead and guide my life. But then when I get baptized in the Holy Spirit, the, the Bible says that I received the power to do the work that God's called me to do. Listen, for some of you out there, you need to hear this. God has called you to do something. Something. Everybody say something. That's up to you to figure out what that is. I mean, a lot of it's right here. It's real easy. He's called me to share people love. He's called me to love joy, peace, patience, kindness. That's what he's called me to be and who he's called me to be and what he's called me to do. So he's called you to do something. And if you want to be able to do it really, really, really good, then you receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit and he empowers you and leads you and guides you and equips you to do supernatural things. And we talked about that last week. Now, before I dive into closing out this series this week, I just wanna say, y'all, we hit, next week is Halloween. Everybody say Halloween. Halloween. So next week for Halloween, because Halloween is such a crazy day, um, God opened the door for uh, John May to share his testimony. And if you've never heard John May's testimony, let me just go ahead and tell you, you wanna leave your kids in the kids' church. Uh, <laughs> his testimony is out there. It's graphic. It's, it's all the thing. It's it PG-13 to R-rated testimony. And so you wanna leave your kids in the kids' church for, for next week. But here's, here's why I tell you all that. It, it, and, and it's the same with Hell House. We ask you, if you if, if, I've told so many nine-year-olds, that they could not go through hell house. And then I walked away crying because I wanted to let them go through hell house. But it's some, it's, for some things, they're just not ready to hear and they're not ready to see these things. And so the testimony that you're gonna hear last week, John used to be a Satanist and he's gonna share with you how God came and revealed himself to him. And you're gonna hear his testimony, it's really powerful, um, about how they used to worship Satan and all of those kind of things and where God, y'all, that stuff's real. Yeah. It's crazy, it's nasty, it's ugly, but it's real. And so I thought I was praying about what to share with you guys on Halloween. And as I was praying with that, John just strolled up in my office and he was like, hey, man, this is weird. But I really felt like that the Holy Spirit or God, he, he told me to come tell you that I'm supposed to share my testimony. And I said, how about Halloween? And he was like, oh, well, OK. I mean, yeah, that works. So next week, you don't want to miss it. It's going to be awesome. You know, as I dive into the message this morning, i like to pray for the Holy Spirit to use me and to give us the word that we need. Would you join me? Heavenly Father, I just come to you right now. God, I pray that you would use me as a vessel, that it wouldn't be me speaking, but that you would speak through me. Anoint me with your Holy Spirit. Empower me with your Holy Spirit. Don't allow my flesh to get the best of me and come out. Father, I pray that you would give each and every person in this room exactly what we need to hear from you today. Prove to us who you are and that you do wanna empower us and use us. And Lord, I love you and thank you and praise you in your precious name I pray, amen. Well listen, if you have your Bibles, I'm just going to go ahead and tell you, if you're like me and you like, to, you like to follow along in your Bible, there's a lot of scriptures today, so I'm going to go ahead and give you a couple of places to mark in your Bible, because I'm fast. I fly through everything. OK? So a couple of places to mark in your Bible. Mark 1 Corinthians chapter 12. OK? Mark Matthew chapter seven, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, Matthew chapter seven, and then we're going to start if you have your Bibles in Galatians chapter five. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, Matthew chapter 7, and we're gonna start in Galatians chapter 5. Everybody ready? Oh no. Oh come on, y'all. Here we go. Galatians chapter 5, and I'm gonna start reading in verse 22. Galatians chapter 5, verse 22. And here's what it says But the Holy Spirit, everybody say the Holy Spirit, produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. Now listen to this, verse 24. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to his cross, have crucified them there. And since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. Everybody say, that's good. So all the spirit filled people in the room said, thank you. Amen. So if you're taking notes this morning, the first point or the first thought that I want us to dive into is this. Your fruit, and this is the fruit of the Holy Spirit that we're talking about. Your fruit is the proof of and shows the growth in your faith. I do wanna be clear here because I don't want you to get confused and I don't want you to say that I'm saying something that I'm not actually saying, okay? What I am not saying is that you have to work your way to salvation, okay? Everyone in this room knows, if you've heard any preaching here, that we are saved by grace through faith. I'm saved by grace through faith. There is literally nothing that I can do that's going to get me to heaven. I can work and work and work and change the world but I'm saved through, through, uh, through grace, through faith, with grace, through faith. And everybody said, amen. amen. Secondly, I have people tell me all the time, some of you may agree with this, that they know unbelievers that show more fruit of the spirit sometimes than believers. Oh, anybody find that to be true? So it doesn't always prove that you're a Christian because you're a good person. There are some great people out there that are not Christians. So, what are you trying to say, Pastor, when you say your fruit is the proof of and shows the growth in your faith? Listen, you can be a nice person and not be growing and maturing in your faith. But you cannot be growing and maturing in your faith, you cannot be a Christ follower that's getting close to Jesus. And like that scripture said, nailing my sinful things to the cross and and, and allowing the spirit to move in me. I cannot be that person and not showing the fruit of the Holy Spirit. That is impossible. Oh, pastor. Listen, this is so so huge. Living a life full of the Spirit of God. If your fruits are maturing and changing, then it shows, it is the proof to the world that I love God and he's doing something in me. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Your fruit through your actions is a thermometer or a barometer in your life measuring your growth as a Christ follower. Amen? Amen? and the people that you come in contact with. Y'all, this is not my opinion. Y'all yeah. are quiet, because I'm talking about your actions. But this is not my opinion. This is scripture. In fact, let me, let me give you another scripture, and this is what Jesus said, and this is so important, Matthew chapter 7, if you're there. I'm gonna read verses 15 through 20. He says, beware of false prophets. Who, oh, everybody say, ouch. Beware of false prophets who come disguised as harmless sheep but are really vicious wolves. You can identify them by their fruit. That is, by the way that they act. Can you pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? A good tree produces, help me out. And a bad tree produces. A good tree cannot produce. And a bad tree cannot produce. Now listen to this. So every tree that does not produce good fruit is chopped down and thrown into the fire. Yes, just as you can identify a tree by its fruits, you can identify people by their actions. Listen to me this morning, Christian people. Everybody say, that's me. Well, you don't have to. (laughs) Christian people should not have to tell people that we are Christian people. The way that I live, the way that I choose to speak, the, the actions that I have should represent Jesus Christ in everything that I do. And when they see the actions that I have, that should say to them, that person loves Jesus. Yeah. Y'all, it's quiet in this room. What's going on with y'all? How I live my life screams out who I serve. Y'all, this is so important. The fruit that you have or the actions that you show either prove that your witness is genuine to people and prove that you have totally surrendered yourself to God or they kill your witness to people and they prove to people that you are not actually genuine with the things that come out of your mouth. Y'all, I was, uh, I was a couple weekends ago, I was at an event with a friend, I gotta share the uh, details of the event. I was at the event, an event with a friend, and um, a good friend of mine. And uh, there was, he had a bunch of friends there and most everybody was drinking. I wasn't drinking. Most everybody was drinking at this event. All of his buddies were coming up, you know, popping around, being stupid, all the things. And uh, so they learned that I was a pastor. I don't ever tell people that I'm a pastor because people start treating you differently whenever you're a pastor and they talk differently and all the things. And then it just makes it awkward. So I don't ever tell them. I, they, listen, when you, you don't have to introduce me as your pastor with your friends, I promise. It's okay. <laughs> and that people can talk however they wanna talk. I don't care, I'm not. So we're here and there is, you know, all these things going on and they're pretty tipsy. His group of friends is, is on the tipsy side. And, and a couple of them, I would say, are a little past the tipsy side and they're more on the drunk side. And uh, so this guy learns that I'm a pastor and he comes up and he tells me, and y'all, this is so comical. He learns that I'm a pastor. He's straight drunk, y'all, he's gone. And he comes up and he starts talking to me. He says, hey man, I kinda like, I kinda consider myself a missionary. I said man that's cool bro like well, yeah, you know, I, I love it. I love, If you're spreading the gospel of Jesus, I love it. It's a great thing. And uh, I swear at least seven times, he's drunk. He doesn't know what he's doing. You know, when you get drunk, you're just, you're gone. You get real spiritual though when you're drunk. Uh, and a lot of times uh, when you're smoking weed or you're, you're drunk, you are very, you can talk about the Lord and know a lot about it. So he tells me that he's, you know, he's kind of a missionary and he, I mean, he uses the F word at least six or seven times. And, and he's, you know, telling me all these things. And it's, it's kind of funny to me, but let me tell you something. So he's telling me about this. He says, one day I love to make enough money to where I don't, I don't have to work. I can just travel the world and I can share about God and you know all these things. I was like, dude, that's great. I'm gonna, pray. I'm gonna pray that that takes place. This guy needs Jesus. I'm gonna pray that he gets him and then he gets to share Jesus with the world. I love it. Here's the thing though, and, and, and I'm not judging him, but here's the thing. I could tell within about two minutes of hanging out with this guy that the witness that he was sharing with me the missionary part that he was sharing with me, that he wants to tell people all of that part, I could tell was not genuine. It wasn't real. I could tell this guy was not surrendered to God. You know how I could tell? Because the Bible says that you can tell people, just like you can tell a tree by its fruit, you can tell people by their actions. I'm not saying this dude doesn't have a great heart. I'm not saying that one day he's not gonna be a missionary and share, I'm praying for this dude, I got his name. I'm praying for this dude, that God transforms him. And if God has planted that seed inside of him, one day he's gonna be a missionary and our church can support him and we can, I love it. But right now in his life and with his walk, if there is anything with Jesus, it's not genuine and it's not real. And you can say to me, pastor, that sounds very judgmental but it's really not judgmental. It's literally calling something exactly what it is. Let me, let me give you an example. If I pick this apple off of a tree, what kind of tree would you say that this tree is? Apple. It's an apple tree, right? Okay, so what if I decided I no longer wanted to call that an apple tree, I wanted to call this a pear tree? Does it change the tree? Why doesn't it change the tree? Because the tree is still giving me apples. And I can say that's a dead gum pear tree all I want to. But if the tree's producing apples, it's not a pear tree. Help me out. What kind of tree is it? It's an apple tree. Now stay with me. Y'all. Some of y'all ain't gonna like this. If a man is a man, and I call that man a woman, Does it change the fact that the man is a man? No. Why? Before you. (laughs) Here's why because that body has produced something biologically to show you that that is not a woman, it is a man. And you can call that man a woman all that you want to, but it doesn't change the fact, and this is not politically correct, and I could care less, but it doesn't change the fact that that man is still a man. How many of y'all ever seen Kindergarten Cop, the movie Kindergarten Cop with Arnold Schwarzenegger? Okay, listen, the five-year-old on the movie knows it better than most Americans do. When he runs up to Arnold Schwarzenegger and he pulls on his, on, his, on his pants and Arnold Schwarzenegger looks down and he says, hey, he's a five-year-old. Boys have a penis and girls have a vagina. <laughs> Listen, should that be offensive to anyone? No, a man is a man and a girl is a girl and I can say literally whatever it is that I wanna say, but it doesn't change the fact that that is the truth. So for clarification, y'all help me out because I shared all of that for you to understand this. If a tree produces apples, what is it? Apple trees. And if a human has a penis, what is it? Man. Okay, so if a Christ-following person If a person that is professing to be a Christian shows love and joy and and, and patience and goodness and kindness and gentleness and self-control, what are they? And if someone that is professing to be a Christian is living in the flesh and not showing and representing Jesus in a way that Jesus is supposed to be represented and having the actions of someone that says and should be a Christian, what are they? I would say in most cases, they're very confused. They're confused. You know why? A lot of lost people have no stinking idea that they're lost. You know why? Because preachers say, if you don't want to go to hell, lift your hand and say this prayer. They don't say change everything in your life and allow God's Holy Spirit to do things in you and become the man or the woman that God's called you to be. They, they talk you into doing something. You have no idea what you're doing and then you're confused. I would say most people, tons of people are confused. Now, please don't misunderstand what I'm saying. I did some of that to be funny. I did some of that because I wanted you to understand exactly what I was saying. But I don't want you to think, and I'm not saying that there is not grace for Christians when we mess up. (laughs) Because otherwise we would all be (laughs) in trouble. There is grace for Christians when we mess up and we don't always follow the things of the spirit. There are times that we fall in and do stupid things of the flesh. This week, I almost did. (laughs) Friday night. (laughs) Yeah, Friday night, the Church of Wales was really loud. They were protesting Hill House and they were messing up Christie's scene and they were bothering me <laughs> just a little bit. And so one of the guys, from, from they had these megaphones that they were holding with these, it was a microphone with a megaphone. The guy sets his megaphone down on the ground. <laughs> it's fair game, <laughs> right? So this megaphone is screaming into Christie's scene and uh, so I go grab a box and I cover the megaphone and sit down on top of it. <laughs> so that the megaphone can no longer scream into the scene. Well, then the guy comes in, he shoves me off the box. And when he shoves me, I don't, you know. <laughs> David said he saw it in my eyes, what I wanted to do. I don't know that he did, but he says that he did. But I looked over and I saw, I, it, when, he, when he pushed me, There was something in me that wanted to push back. not gonna lie. I looked up and I saw all of our youth up here in this scene and the youth were being the role of the Holy Spirit (laughs) on Friday night (laughs) because they helped me not to do anything stupid. So I just picked up the guy's speaker and I took it and put it in my car. (laughs) And then then he called the cops on me and I wound up having to give it back and all the things. But listen, I'm saying all this to say there's not grace for us when we, when we mess up. And we do mess up and we do fall in the flesh and we make stupid decisions. That's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying we're gonna be perfect. What I'm saying is that as I'm developing and getting closer to Jesus, what happens is there is an exchange. There's an exchange that goes from my sinful nature into a spiritual nature, where I listen to the Holy Spirit that's speaking through the youth and I don't do something stupid. There's this exchange that takes place. And if there is no exchange and you're still the exact same person that you've always been, doing the same stupid things that you've always done, then I would say to you that you have been confused. And what you need to do is start allowing the Holy Spirit of God to do some new things in you and take out the things in you that he does not want in you. Somebody say amen. So number one, was the fruits of the holy spirit prove that my faith is genuine and that I'm growing and I'm maturing as a Christian as someone that loves Jesus. Number 2 in your notes is this. The gifts, and I talked about the fruits, the gifts of the holy spirit are proof of your baptism and your spiritual growth. Now if you have your Bible I want to dive into 1 Corinthians chapter 12. First Corinthians chapter 12. I'm going to read verse one and then I'm going to read verses four through 11. And here's what it says. Now, dear brothers and sisters, regarding your question about the special abilities that the spirit gives. Okay, I want some clarification here because there is supernatural things that take place through the Holy Spirit. Some people don't believe that and they preach against that and they say that those things died off with the apostles and that is absolutely not true. This scripture says, I don't want you to be confused about these special abilities. Everybody say special abilities. Special abilities. Okay, that the spirit gives us. I don't want you to misunderstand this. Verse four, there are different kinds of spiritual gifts, but the same spirit is the source of them all. There are different kinds of service, but we serve the same Lord. God works in different ways, but it is the same God who does the work in all of us. Now look at this. A spiritual gift is given to each of us so that we can help each other. To one person, the spirit gives the ability to give wise advice. To another, the same spirit gives a message of special knowledge. The same spirit gives great faith to another, and to someone else, the spirit gives the gift of healing. And he gives one person the power to perform miracles, and another the ability to prophesy. He gives someone else the ability to discern whether a message is from the spirit of God or from another spirit. Still, another person is given the ability to speak unknown languages, while another is given the ability to interpret what is being said. It is the one. And only spirit who distributes these gifts. He alone decides which gift each person should have. Okay, so let's clarify. Let's look at this. The Holy Spirit distributes supernatural gifts. Somebody say amen. Amen. Who are these gifts distributed to? Okay, he said each of us. In other words, if you are a believer in Jesus Christ, you are uh, qualified to be someone that can receive spiritual gifts from the Holy Spirit. And everybody said amen. Amen. Okay, so if I've given my life to Jesus, I've surrendered my life to Jesus, I'm open to receive his baptism and his gifts, I am qualified to receive the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Now, one thing that I love about our church, y'all, we preach this, we live this, we breathe this. We don't make it about gifts, but we allow the gifts to flow. At Clausen, I love the fact that we allow spiritual gifts. We do not shut down spiritual gifts in our church. For example, how many of y'all were here last week? Last week, we got to see three spiritual gifts at work, gifts of the Holy Spirit, supernatural abilities that God gives at work in our service. It was beautiful. So here, let let me share it with you real quick. So we're in the worship service. One of the songs dies down, and Ken, one of our prayer partners, he begins to, the Bible says, speak in tongues. Everybody say speak in tongues. He begins to speak in tongues, which is an unknown language. Now, I do not want you to get confused. This was not Ken giving a message to the church, okay? This was God using Ken supernaturally to share a message to grab our attention and say to us, I wanna give you a word. But it was an unknown language, so we couldn't understand the word. So then the Bible talks about the second supernatural gifts. That is the the, uh, ability to interpret. So my dad was the one last week that interpreted what God was saying to us. He shared with us. Was that my dad's message to us? No, that was God's message to us. to, to uh, it, was, it was so beautiful too. And can I share with you, and I shared last week, that message was God speaking directly to me. And I had so many people say, that message was God speaking directly to me. How many of y'all felt that way last week? That's beautiful. That message was God speaking directly to me. And when he did that, I was discerning. This is God wanting me to share the crap that's been going on in my life. I was discerning that. That is another spiritual gift, discerning, this is God. And then I felt the Holy Spirit say, I want you to share what's going on because I want to use that to do some things in some people's lives. So then I begin to share with you guys some things that was going on in my life. And what happened? Here's what happened. God supernaturally used a few people to prove to you guys that it's time to do some new things and allow the Holy Spirit to do some new things. God directly spoke to tons of people last week because we were obedient to allow, to allow ourselves to be used by the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Y'all, that is so powerful. And if you don't believe, maybe you're sitting in here and you're like, I'm just, I'm just not sure about all that stuff. Hey, let me help you out. Write this down, 1 Corinthians chapter 14. In 1 Corinthians chapter 14, at the end of the chapter, it literally lays out a lot of what happened last week. It's called something for, oh, somebody know what it's called. Hang on, I got it wrote down. A call to orderly worship. And Paul literally says, someone can speak in tongues and there can be multiple people that gives an interpretation. And He lays out exactly what happened last week. So if you're sitting here and you're like, I just don't know about all that. I don't know if all that's real. Listen, open your Bible. Turn to 1 Corinthians 14. Read what Paul has to say about what it should look like when God's people assemble together. And you will see and God will prove to you that every bit of that is real when it's done in accordance with the Holy Spirit. I'm not saying it hasn't been done fakely and people haven't given fake words and all the things, but I'm saying when it's done in accordance with the Holy Spirit, typically people's lives are changed. And y'all, last week was fantastic. God moved in a supernatural way in, in tons of people's lives. Amen. And he did that as he used the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Now, just for a few minutes, I would like to elaborate on these gifts that I shared with you, these supernatural things, because some of them seem like they may or may not be Supernatural. Here's the pieces that were in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Wise advice, special knowledge, great faith, gift of healing, power to perform miracles, prophecy, discernment, ability to give a word in tongues, and then the ability to interpret the word. Those are the ones that are are in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. So let me share with you real quick so that you can understand what that looks like. How many of you would consider yourself to be pretty wise? You give pretty good advice. Okay, that advice is not the advice that he's talking about. It is a supernatural advice. In other words, when I'm giving wise advice, I'm literally giving advice from God to someone else. It's not my advice, it's God's advice. And if it's my advice, it's probably not God. Sometimes the advice that is given does not make any sense. You know why? Because sometimes what God does, it doesn't make sense to you when you're sharing it, but it makes sense to somebody else. It's God's advice. So supernaturally, God gives us advice because he knows exactly what people need and he wants to use us to distribute supernaturally this gift of wise advice. How about special knowledge? Do you know what special knowledge is? I love what dad said uh, when he shared his ghost stories. He said that someone came up when they got saved and told my wife everything about her life. If I walked up, and somebody told me all these things that nobody knew about my life, I would definitely either think that there was some voodoo stuff going on or something divine had to do that, amen? And so the Holy Spirit gives special knowledge. In other words, it's knowledge that you couldn't have known. God had to share with you this knowledge to share with somebody else. So let's keep going. So that's wise advice, special knowledge, great faith. I want great faith, y'all. I want the circumstances that hit me and when Satan hits me for me to be able to stand firm no matter what comes. I want to be able to know that my faith is tested and my faith is tried. But great faith, this great faith is for people, that God gives people great faith to be able to believe and be able to continue and be able to move no matter what comes at them. The gift of healing. This one is obviously supernatural. The gift of healing. Hey, check this out. How many of you in this room have supernaturally been healed by the Holy Spirit. Woo! That is fantastic. And you know how that typically goes about? Typically, it's God using someone to pray for someone, and supernaturally, he comes in and gives us the gift of healing to heal somebody. Somebody say, that's true. true. How about the power to perform miracles this could be a healing. It could be any kind of miracle. Here's what a miracle is. A miracle is something that we cannot do. Only a divine being can do a miracle. Amen. Speak and the world comes into existence. Create man and breathe into them the breath of life. Those are divine beings can only do those things. Miracles and healings that God gives us through his Holy Spirit, the, the, the gift to perform miracles. Miracles. How about prophecy? You know what prophecy is? Prophecy is a prediction of something to come. You know, I would say, I don't know this to be a fact, but I would say 80 to 90% of the time when there's a prophetic word given in the Bible, it is either a warning or it is, (laughs) if you continue to go this way, this is gonna happen. Um, It's not typically positive, right? And so typically, whenever you have a prophetic word, it is either preparing you for something that's coming so that you can be ready for it. This is all through scriptures. Or it is, uh, I mean, mean, that's really what a prophetic word. Yeah, I've I've had tons and tons of prophetic words given to me by our altar team, and most of them stink. (laughs) Josh, you need to prepare and get ready for this. Now I've got a good one that I've been hanging on to, and I'm still hanging on to it. Where this this dream that was given about uh, our church going up this mountain and pulling other churches. And, I mean, it was a really cool prophetic dream. I believe it. I'm hanging on to it. I love it. But most of the prophetic words that are given, there's something that that's preparing me or driving me or showing me to prepare me. And there's several times there's a prophetic word given that a famine is coming and you need to get prepared or this is coming and you need to get prepared. It is getting us prepared or giving us a warning for what's to come if we don't change. It's what a lot of prophecy is, is done. Discernment, I love this discernment. This is when God gives you the ability to discern whether something is from God or whether it's something is from Satan or whether something is just people being emotional. Because we see, we see a lot of those things in church. I pray for this gift more than any other gift. Because when we do have gifts of the Holy Spirit that are poured out, I wanna be able to discern that that is legit and it is real. And if it's not legit, I wanna shut it down. Because the last thing that I want is for people to be confused about spiritual things, amen? And then we have message in tongues and interpretation of tongues. I've talked about that one already. How many of you guys are interested in doing the work that God has for you? How many of you would say that you feel like you would be better equipped if you were working in the gifts of the Holy Spirit? Amen. Then I would say today is the day to begin to ask for him to fill you with his baptism and with his gifts, and to give you the gifts that he has for you, and for you to surrender your mind, your heart, and yourself to begin to do what he's called you to do. Now, as I'm getting ready to close, I'm going to invite Steve to come up and get ready to share. I think another question that I want to tackle real quickly is, um, you know, a lot of people ask the question concerning spiritual gifts, like, do I just get this gift from God? Uh, the first gift that I ever got trying to remember. It was speaking in tongues and it was about right here, uh, doing it in, uh, uh, not my, my prayer language, but the gift of the Holy Spirit speaking in tongues to edify the body. Y'all, I, it was, it was huge for me. I'd been praying and praying and praying for gifts. The first one that I ever got was speaking in tongues there. And it's only ever happened one other time. Okay. So do I have the gift of speaking in tongues? Yes. Yes. It's there. Am I always, do I always do it in a service? I don't know that any of you have ever heard it because that was like 10 years ago. That was a youth pastor here when that happened to me. You've probably never heard me do that. But I have been used to give wise advice. I have been used to give special knowledge before. It was very cool. The Holy Spirit was speaking to me what I was supposed to speak to somebody else. I have been used to pray for someone and then receive healing. Okay, now I'm saying all that to say, I think so many times what happens is we, we, we pray for someone and maybe they receive the gift of speaking in tongues and then we're like, oh yeah, like that's my thing now. But here's the thing, God knows what people need and we don't always know what people need and his role as the Holy Spirit is to equip us for the things that they need. In other words, if somebody comes down for healing and I'm supposed to pray for them for healing, and I think to myself, oh, I don't have the gift of healing. I'm, I'm the gift of speaking in tongues. I better pass him off to somebody else. Like, that's not how that works. God equips his people. And I, when somebody comes down for healing, I typically turn. and I'm like, Lord, you give me what I need to get. You equip me. You give me the gift of healing. I'm going to pray. I'm going to discern. I'm going to give everything that I can. But listen, he equips us to do the work that he's called us to do at the time that he's called us to do it so I can receive all of these spiritual gifts. But I have to be open and I have, to be, I have to be listening to the Holy Spirit. That's why it's so important for the Bible talks for us to be led by the Holy Spirit. Because if we're led by the Holy Spirit, he gives us everything we need at the time that we need it. But we have to be listening and be obedient to what he tells us to do. Y'all, Steve is going to share real quick one of his ghost stories. And this is him, a ghost story of him being baptized in the Holy Spirit. And as he's getting ready to share, if you are on the worship team, I'm going to invite you to go ahead and step up and come join us on the stage. Let me find you a mic right there. Y'all give it up for Steve as he comes.
1: Good morning. On? Okay, so um, I just want... I, Josh told me I just got a couple of minutes, so I got to (laughs) hurry, but uh, I could take almost as long as he just took, but I won't. But, uh, so I condensed this story, uh, for, I'm just going to start at the point where I'm real analytical and I didn't necessarily not believe, but I didn't necessarily believe about the uh, baptism of the Holy Spirit and the gifts that God gives us. And so, um... I studied about it and, and heard preaching about it, and I became convinced that it was true, and so I decided I, I wanted to go there. And, uh, but I'm, I'm like I said, I'm kind of skeptical, and so I went and got prayed for a few times in front of a church, and of course, you're not pushing me down, you know, and, and a couple of them tried, you know, and it, it wasn't happening, but I still believed. Uh, my wife was, uh, I would hear her speaking in tongues, and I would think, that sounds like a real language, but uh, and she's not smart enough to think up a new language. Now, y'all laugh. I'm not either, and I don't think any of y'all could just make one up either. Maybe J.R.R. Tolkien could, you know, but uh, but anyway, so uh, finally to condense the story, I had tried and tried, and nothing was happening, and I couldn't figure out, you know, is there something wrong with me, and uh, the church I was going to, a, a missionary or an evangelist came, and uh, his name was Sam Farino, and he laid hands on me. Uh, for some reason, my wife and I had come in separate cars that particular evening, and he laid hands on me uh, and prayed for me to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and I really didn't feel anything particularly special, and there was lots of, you know, noise going on around me, and, uh, and I was distracted, but I was just so in love with God. <laughs> I mean, God had really been working on me. And so I quietly left the church, and all this was going on. And I went home, and uh, I got alone in my bedroom. I lit a candle. Candle's not magic or anything, but it was ambience, you know. And so I knelt down beside my bed, and I told God, I said, I love you so, so much. And I don't care if I ever speak in tongues or any of this other stuff. I believe it, but I don't care. I just want you to know that I love you with all of my heart. And I began to just open my heart and pour my heart out to God. And before long, I started slobbering and, you know, snotting and, and, you know, the waterworks run. And I was just, you know, I was just pouring my heart out to God. I love you. I love you. I love you. And then all of a sudden I realized for the last five minutes, I hadn't said a single word in English. And it, and There's one word I can give you. If you're serious about wanting to be baptized in the Holy Spirit and experience all this stuff we've talked about recently in the last few weeks, there's one word, surrender. You have to surrender. You know, put your hands up like this. Stick them up, right? You're surrendering, right? Some people, a lot of you holy rollers around here, you're real used to that, but some people that's kind of uncomfortable because you feel vulnerable. You have to surrender to God. And when you do, and you just give your everything to Him, that is when it'll happen. I've listened to several people give their testimonies, and they've said it different ways, but in essence, I keep hearing them saying the same thing. When I finally surrendered to God, that is when it happened. And that's the advice I would give y'all and I'm going to stop pastor.
0: Y'all, I didn't know Steve was a preacher. I mean, he going back and forth like po, 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 over here. <laughs> That's good. That's good. Everybody say surrender. Listen, let me share something that I believe the Holy Spirit did. Okay. At the very beginning of the year, we had been doing uh, passionate prayer, passionate prayer, passionate prayer. We we're trying to figure out, um, trying to figure out what was next. And Jordan, we were talking and he asked me, you know, what's your goal on passionate prayer? And I actually said, my goal is, I believe in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. I see them, I, they happen in some of our prayer meetings. My goal was that the gifts of the Holy Spirit would flow throughout our church. It's my goal. So Jordan prayed, he comes back, he says, can we call, can we start something called Miracle Night? How many of y'all ever been to a Miracle Night? Can we start something called Miracle Night? He said, and begin to build this faith that people are gonna receive miracles when they come to Miracle Night. And I I think it was the first or second Miracle Night that we received the first miracle. And here's what took place. Ashley Hawkins, this was... This is October. I think it was our first miracle night or our second miracle night. Ashley Hawkins comes up. She's been praying about having a baby, and uh, she's she's you know they're they're looking into doing all the scientific things to have a baby, and you know all those kind of things. And and she said the Holy Spirit spoke to her to go to my wife and pray that she would get pregnant. And that day, she went the next week, took a pregnancy test, and boom, she was pregnant. They've been trying and trying and trying and trying. Boom, she was pregnant. God spoke to her at Miracle Night, gave her the miracle at Miracle Night. That was 10 months ago, y'all. It was the first Miracle Night. Let me see where I'm at in my notes. How about this one just a few months back? Stand up, David. (laughs) Just a few months back. Everybody say, at Miracle Night. Listen, you heard his story, but let me brag on God for just a minute. David came Sunday morning. We were making breakfast, and he says to me, there's gonna be a miracle today. And he comes a Sunday morning, and the miracle does not happen, but it is announced that miracle night is tonight, and he comes to me after service, and he says, miracle night's tonight. There's gonna be a miracle tonight. And he comes, and he's been an alcoholic for years and years and years, and boom, God completely takes away his alcoholism. How long we've we been clean? How long? Four months! <laughs> Woo! I've seen Alex set free. Don't you tell me he can't do it. Amen. Somebody say, amen. "Amen." Listen, a couple months ago, missionaries Ben and Emily, Brian had jacked his foot up playing volleyball. They come and pray and literally while they were praying, the swelling goes down and he's healed. Hey, that was at Miracle Night. You know what else happened at Miracle Night? Jasmine received a healing at Miracle Night. There's been so many healings take place at Miracle Night. You know why? Because we're asking for the gifts of the Holy Spirit to be poured out amongst our church. We're having faith and we're showing up and we're saying, God, I'm not leaving until I get my miracle. I believe it. Don't you tell me he can't do it. We have ghost story after ghost story of the Holy Spirit in the last year pouring out his gifts on people and using people with the gifts of the Holy Spirit to see supernatural things take place. Stand with me this morning. I wanna ask our altar team to step out and come to the front. Here's what I'm asking from you today. Last week, we did an altar call. Basically, if you wanted to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit to come up, and, and pray or find a place where you can get by yourself because a lot of times you're not praying, somebody's not praying with you a lot of times when you receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, it's, it's by yourself, like Steve in his room. have no idea and then he's speaking in tongues and boom, that's what the Holy Spirit does, it's supernatural. In other words, it's not a man-made thing and it can't be manipulated or it shouldn't be manipulated when it's real, it's real, amen? amen. And so last week was all about the baptism of the Holy Spirit, today, here's, here's the altar call this morning. Holy Spirit, I just ask for you to begin to move right now, begin to draw us to our next peace with you right now. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes in just a second? I'm gonna open up our altar time, our altar area. And if you're here this morning and maybe you didn't come up last week, but you wanna receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. If you're here this morning and you say, Pastor, I've received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, but I want God to equip me with more. I want him to to flow through me with the gifts of the Holy Spirit and I want to to begin to be used in the giftings with healing and wise advice and all of those supernatural pieces. I want God to use me supernaturally. So if you're here and you say, Pastor, I wanna receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, or if you're here and you wanna pray that God would use you in a new gift or, or give you a gift or anoint you in the Holy Spirit, or if you're here, And maybe you need healing, or wise advice, or special knowledge, or one of those supernatural things that only God can do. Here's what I wanna do with every head bowed and every eye closed. If you wanna come and allow someone to pray for you, our team would love to pray for you. And we're praying that the gifts would be poured out today and that you would get exactly what you need from God. If you're not comfortable with that, but you want to come down as we worship and you want to find a place where it's just you and God and he can do a supernatural work in you. Listen, if you feel a pull and a draw from the Holy Spirit, don't walk out of here without allowing him to do the new thing in you that he wants to do. Can we start this song? This morning, you know if you need to be down at the altar, if you need a healing, if you need something supernatural, or if you want to receive from God something new, would you step out and come right now? And we're going we're gonna to worship and sing this song together.